Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and we are here with a incredibly exciting guest. We have Andrew Mirage joining us from Soldier City Fitness down in the Orlando, Florida area. Andrew, what's going on, my man? How are you today? Hey, Joe, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me, man. I am doing very, very well. Excited to dive into this. Soldier City, man, for people who are tuning into the podcast today, for the people who haven't come across your brand or your gym or what you do, when somebody asks you, hey, man, Andrew, what is Soldier City? What is it about? How do you respond to that? Man, I, there's so many ways. I, it's a lifestyle, you know, it's a, a community, a family, you know, it's not just the building that we're in, you know, it's just so much more than that. It's, it's a, it's a mindset, um, you know, being prior military, you know, I just, I was always proud of that aspect of me serving. And, um, when I moved up here to the central Florida area in St. Cloud, it would just seemed like it fit because St. Cloud is known as Soldier City, you know? So when I was looking for the name for the gym and me being in the military, I just moved to a city that's known as Soldier City. I'm like, <laughs> no brainer right there that it just, it just clicked. So it kind of felt like it was like, it was meant to be, you know? So when people ask, it's just, you know, I go, it's a place where you can go and get better, you know, be yourself you know, get stronger, you know, there's so, there's so many attributes I can rattle off about Soldier City. Okay. And so take us back, right? Take us back to the beginning, way, way back when you decided, Hey man, I'm going to open a gym. This is what I want to do professionally. What made you want to do that? What sparked that thought in your mind? Well, I was, you know, growing up, I was always in something. I was always, uh, in some kind of sports my first sport was soccer then um i moved to wrestling which i I did very well in and i've always was around the working out atmosphere the gym setting you know i would always go to the ymca i was that guy at the ymca you know monday wednesday and friday working out chest back and arms no legs (laughs) (laughs) maybe some core and then um I was, uh, when I was working down in Miami, um, a friend of mine that I worked with at, uh, at the hospital, she came up to me. She's like, hey, I have a friend of mine that's opened up, opening up a new gym. I'm like, oh, she's like, it's a CrossFit gym. I'm like, CrossFit? Like, okay. I'll go, I'll check it out. You know, I'm, all, I'm always game to that. So I went in there, did my first workout, fell in love with it, signed up immediately. I was in there probably five days a week, maybe six, working out. And just fell in love with the the atmosphere, you know, how the struggles that you're going through in that gym, everybody's going through because you guys are doing the same exact workout. It's not like I'm doing this and then someone else is doing that. We're, we're pushing each other through the same workout, the same rep count, the same weight, more or less, you know. So it, it builds a bonding experience with that person, you know what I mean? Because you're going through the fire with them, you know. 100%. You know, so I fell in love with it. And uh, then 
when I had my first child, I decided just to to move and I moved up here and there were there there wasn't any CrossFit gyms in the area. So, you know, I uh just started doing stuff in my garage and my form my former coach, Sam, um, shout out to Sam, she um gave me a wild idea. She's like, Hey, why don't we open up something together? You know, and I'm like, Oh man, that's great, you know. So I just I started doing all the footwork and everything and starting studying and you know and I wanted to like and this is a lot of a big mistake that a lot of people make that I wanted to go big or go home and mm. you know I that was like oh I want all the bells and whistles 20,000 square feet yeah man and I went to the bank and for some reason and I found out why later but for some reason I wasn't approved for that business loan and at that point with the bank, I don't know if I can say that name, I won't, but that bank didn't think that area was a good sustainable business. So that's why it was denied, okay? I found that out uh, later, because um, one of the persons at my bank ended up being one of, becoming one of my members later on. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The so, insider knowledge. But, yeah, but in hindsight, that was probably the best thing that happened to me was getting that loan denied because I basically had to like bootstrap that thing from the ground up all right so um when that didn't happen you go I you know I was like you know what I'll, I'll do this myself you know I'll, I'll do this myself and started reading online and they had a couple you know articles about you know starting why not start small start small build with your clientele you know, start in the garage, train your neighbors, you know, I'm like, huh, I'm like, okay, let's do that. So, yep. you know, I cleaned out the garage, I had um, a three car garage, I cleaned it out, you know, bought a couple things for the garage, a rig, some kettlebells, some jump ropes. The true CrossFit I, spirit. Yeah, quit my job, put my two weeks notice in before my, with, without even having my first client or member you know i'm like you know what there's there's you know usually when you do this is like sink it's or swim. too late to turn back now <laughs> yeah there's, there's sink or swim there's there's no no sinking yeah. going on we mm. we, we got a doggy paddle this day we got a backstroke we got a brush we got <laughs> we got to break them all out so you know i got my first member and you know debbie she was my first member and you know it just one turned into two and turned into three and you know next thing you know I had a driveway full of people working out you know I mean I had I had some tires in my driveway people were flipping tires you know running down the sidewalk and you know all all the neighbors would drive by and honk and you know and like yeah and, and some would even sit out on their their porch and watch it's, it was the funniest thing but, you know, you always have that one neighbor, that one guy, that guy, you know, that was going to complain to the HOA or, you know, yeah. call it in and, you know, but, you know, it's just, he, he was actually like a, a pivot point for me because it, it made me realize, all right, I need to, I need to get out of here. I need to, maybe it's time to get into something, you know, bigger. And my advice for a lot of these um, gym owners is uh, you grow with your clientele, you know? So I had, I was at that point, I was making enough to 
afford the rent and utilities on a 1,000 square foot bay in the warehouse. So I'll go, okay, I'm covered to that. I won't be in the negative. I have equipment already. Mm. And everything I made, I put back in the business. I put back in the business. I would buy a set of equipment every month, all right? Whether it was a dumbbell, kettlebell, jump rope, or some plates, a bar, something every month, I would, with the excess that I made, after I paid my rent and utilities, I would buy something. And people like, you know, people, I was in that mind, I used to be in that mindset, like I want oh, 20 bars, I want, 500 pounds in weights and you know yeah 500 500 whether you do it 25 25 25 at a time or you get it's 500 it just takes a little bit more time and i noticed that's not a lot of people are not willing to do that mm. and they end up selling their soul because they want to get from point a to point b without doing the, not 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 necessarily doing the work but maybe too fast Yep. You know, uh, I tell people like, you know, it's like everybody, everybody wants to be on top of the mountain, but no one wants to climb it. You know what I mean? Is you, you have to put in that work because it builds your identity. It builds your DNA on what you are trying to do, yep. you know, so. And your business you. skills, man. To be honest, managing money is one of the most important skills that we can have as business owners. Yes. Yes, and, and I think a lot of them take the money out of their business too soon because they're like, oh, man, I'm making this, I'm making that, and they start taking it out. You know, I probably didn't start paying myself to, you know, probably a couple of years because I was just, I did not want to fail. I was not, money was not going to be my reason of failing, if that mm. makes any sense. And here we are uh, 10 years later, right? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, so I got that first 1,000-square-foot bay, man. And I saved up enough from what I was making from the gym, all right? So I really didn't start, I didn't put any outside money and no investors, nothing like that. You know, then I kind of outfitted that 1,000 square foot. You know, I had the equipment already, so I just added on to that. Got that, and I remember getting open. You know, I had the clientele, there'd be a couple of days in there, I'm sitting there, you know, just like twiddling my thumb and, you know, but that's, that's time for growth right there. When you have that alone time, you think of everything you can possibly do to make your craft better. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep. That silence that you, you know, I, it was, I was to the point that I had everything in the business here. I never had to write anything down. And I was never like that in school. Maybe with like this history. is a different kind of inspiration, right? Man, when you are that inspired, I, I there's nights I couldn't sleep because I was thinking where I wanted to put my bars, where did I want to mount this, where did I want to mount that. It was just, it was just like a vivid picture in my head every yeah. night, every night. It sounds you like know. you were destined for entrepreneurship. It sounds like business ownership was the only way for you. And so here we are now. 10 years later, business is still around. Similar to a CrossFit facility, group classes are kind of the meat and potatoes of what we do, right? Right. How many members, what do they pay? Give us some context for, for what people could expect if they were to come to you. Well, you always have to give people a choice, variety, all right? And what I did was I had 
three different membership. Most of the gyms I've seen, they're like, okay, one membership, it doesn't matter if you come two days a week or you come five, six days a week. It's, you know what I mean? And I didn't think that was fair, you know? Um, so I came up with three different kind of memberships that can kind of, you know, everybody, depending on their schedule, can at, at least have some time in the gym. So I have an unlimited membership that right now is $110 a month. I don't do contracts. I hate contracts. For me, I tell I don't do contracts because if you're going to be in my gym, I want you to be in my gym. I don't want you to feel like you're obligated by a piece of paper to come there until your time is up. Yeah, a lot I, of people have gone that way now. I, I, we've, I gotten, we've gotten away from that a bit as an industry because it's just such a such a kind of hotly debated topic and and if the value is there people will stay that's the reality of the situation i, I, have I don't to want to feel like it's holding tie them you down to, to make them pay right i don't want to feel like i'm holding you hostage or holding your money hostage because if something happened life happens joe you, you and i know life happened if something happens at home and you have a contract at a gym and you're trying to get that money either back or to, to address something at home, I can't, I can't sleep at night thinking like that. You know, I can't. And that's another reason I don't do it because stuff happens. And if you need money, but your money is tied up in the gym, the gym is secondary. You know what I mean? Everything at home comes first. So that's another reason I don't do it, you know? And I also have a, a three times a week which is $85 for the month. And then a two times a week, which is 65 with my okay. three times, a, with my three times a week, I kind of give you a little bang for your buck because instead of the 12 days, I give you 15, you know, so there's a little, little catch. And also uh, we're open seven days a week. We have like an open gym on Sunday from like 10 to 12, where that doesn't count against your membership. So that's four more extra days on whatever you already have that you're not paying for. So I got you. Like, and, and my community class. So I have a community class on Saturdays at 10. This is where anybody anywhere can come and try it out for free. It's always free at 10 a.m. I made that 10 a.m. free for my members also because I want them there because I want new people to come in and see, hey, oh, wow, she's my height and she's doing it. Oh, he's my build. He's doing it. I can do it. You know, so it mixes, yes. you know, everybody together on that Saturday at 10 and that bonding experience happens again. You know what I mean? Yeah, that transitions us really well, actually, to the, the idea of acquiring new customers and marketing in general, right? You use this community class to get it out in front of people, but are there any other strategies that you use to attract new members? My main, you know, I've done, I've done the Facebook ads. I've done the Instagram ads and, and I get, oh, you know what is my, the ironclad promotion that works for me is my current members. My current members will bring family members in, will bring coworkers in, cousin, aunts, kids, and that, now, when now let, now, let me ask you, Joe, if you're going somewhere and a friend of you that's already been that place tells you, hey, 
come check this out. You're automatically, oh, this must be a good place. Sure. With fit, no, I'm not knocking Facebook, Instagram, or these other platforms in any way, but you kind of don't know what you're getting because it's like a stranger telling you, hey, come over here and work out with me, blah, blah, blah. You're like, ah. But if you know someone, if a friend, an aunt, an uncle, sister, whatever tells you, hey, this is where I go. This is where I've been going for the last year, two years. Come check it out. I think it's a good fit for you. You're going to always, you're going to already be at ease. Uh, yep. You're going to come with an open mind and you're going to enjoy it because oh, you know some, someone you trust is here. Yeah. So that, that word of mouth strategy is obviously the, the ideal situation huge. when it comes to marketing in our industry, because like you said, right, this person knows who you are. They like you and they trust you because someone else said that it's good, a good option. The downside is that we're, we're limited by the people that we have, right? And our sphere of influence is just who they know of. that can grow, right? Coworkers, family, mothers, yeah. brothers, but the best of the best in our industry when it comes to running businesses, utilize that word of mouth and referral strategy, but to your point, supplement it with Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and they use right. both, right? It's, it's never one or the other. No, we, no. If we're just using one tool to build a house, the house is going to fall apart. We need to have that full tool kit available to us and use the right tool in the right situation. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, now with how it is now, how the whole, because so, you think about it 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 15 years ago, the social outlets or social platforms that we had didn't really exist or they were just getting started. Now, um, everybody has a Facebook page. Everybody has an Instagram page. Everybody has a TikTok. So they can, your member that maybe is bringing in a family member actually can reach a lot more people than you think because if they're reposting your content or what they're doing, it, it doesn't even have to be yeah, those two things hand in hand, right? Social media and that word right. of mouth strategy that you were talking about. Yeah. So they don't even have to like, oh, they don't even have to go in there and be like, oh, this is my gym, da, 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 come check it out. No, all they have to do is probably just post a picture of them working on something. They post it. Someone that has that same similar mindset of working like, hey, where is this person going? That, and they, they may not be uh, even... Uh, immediate friend or a immediate family member but the fact that they saw it on their instagram feed or facebook feed or, or live or whatever they use it might spark some interest and they might you know and this is why i say you you, you treat your members wonderfully because they're going to be your ambassadors because mm -hmm. if someone they they might see the gym but they might hit that person up and say hey i saw you doing this what gym do you go to where are you at da 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 and then that person like, oh, I'm with Soldier City Fitness. We're in St. Cloud, Florida. And then, okay, how can I check it out? And then, you know, it's like an alley-oop. They, they yep. throw me the alley-oop. Yeah. I come out. That should be an like, easy sale 10 <laughs> out of 10 times. <laughs> yeah. Then I, they throw me the alley. I come out and I, I dunk it and then, and then try to bring that person in, you know. So it's, I, think, I think it's that word of mouth, I think it's actually underutilized. I'll, yeah. I'll be very, I'll be very honest with you. I think it's underutilized and, you know, we just started something in our gym now that we are even more member friendly. We're, you know, we're doing more things at the gym and I, I just seen such a, even not big turnaround, but even more of an interaction 
on the social media platforms of, you know, you know, like we, this month we have a, a one mile run challenge where we're running a mile every, every day for 30 days. You know what I mean? So everybody's put, they're running, they're putting their paths up that they're running, they're, when they're running, where yeah, they're it, running. It encourages people to share it, right? Exactly. Now, if you're I a runner you. and you see this and you're like, oh, I want to do this. I like this kind of stuff. Let me come check this gym out, you know? Yeah. And so with the idea of adding members and the marketing in general, is there a target in your mind as far as what you're shooting for, for a total membership? Do we have 200 members, 300 members? Is, is there a goal in your mind that exists? I don't, I don't put a, a limit on it. I like, I will train anyone that wants to get better. Anyone that wants to get in shape, feel better about themselves, look good. All right. I, I don't have a magic number to hit. I, you know, I, I, I'll take, I'll take anyone that wants to do better. And if that in turns get me to 200 members, then it does. But that is not my focus. And I know to someone out there probably sounds corny, but my focus is that person. Anytime they walk into my gym, um, I don't see that person as a number. You cannot if anybody's out there listening, you cannot look at the person that walked through your door as a dollar sign or a number, okay? You look at them for, because they're coming to you because they have an issue, all right? They're coming to you for help, for guidance. They're coming to you for a reason. You need to find whatever that reason out reason is out and capitalize on it and help them. Don't yep. worry if they're gonna you're gonna you're gonna add them to your number or you're gonna add them to your your books or whatnot. Yep. If it's the right fit, it will happen. But gen you have to genuinely want to help that person. And once they see that and it's genuine, then they're gonna be that member, that lifelong member. All right. So that my advice is, I mean, yeah, everybody is gonna want a number they want to hit. I really honestly don't. And I don't look at it like that. If you understand what I'm saying, you know, no, 100%. I, it's not, it's not the specific 125 or 150 or 175. It's helping each individual person. And just like I said earlier, like when I started, I bought one piece of equipment every month. All right. That's, that's how I, if I can get one, two, three people in that I'm helping and they stay, Hey, then, you know, that's, that's the bonus. Yeah. It's funny, like the way, the way that you describe it and, and saving money, even from the beginning and bootstrapping this from the start, a lot of people in our industry are just so stuck in their ways against the idea of making money being profitable. But the reality to your point is that the more money we make, the more we can help people, the more we can give back, the more we can invest in our facility and get new stuff and add new services and build on this customer experience and we definitely can't do that if we're in the red yeah i've i've seen someone fail at opening one three times opening a gym three times and it's because it was that mentality like i want everything i go but if you can't pay for that every month it's going to be a problem yep it's going and it's to just gonna stress you out and burn you out so quick well Andrew, as we kind of approach the end of our time and, and run shy here, where can people find out a little bit more about your gym and your business online? Well, um, if you see anybody with a Soldier City shirt walking down the street, you can ask them. Ask. Why. 
<laughs> or if you see a decal on the back of a car, you can, you can ask them. But we're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the platforms. Um, our website, um, you can check out our website, SoldierCityFitness.com. And we have the bios of all the coaches on there and things like that, you know, but mostly probably Facebook and uh, Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. Well, man, it's been a pleasure hosting this conversation. It's been an absolute blast. I think you guys have a cool idea and an important service going on for people in your area. And I, I can't wait to talk to you again and see how things go oh. here in 2022. I would love to come back. This was, this was actually fun, man. And, I know we didn't get the hit on a lot more things, man. I have a lot of advice for people that's first opening up, man. And yeah. I would love to share that. It's not, it's not a secret, you know, it shouldn't be a secret. I'm not going to keep it to myself. If anybody asks me, you know, I will tell you straight up what it will take, you know, and I don't care if you open a gym five minutes away from me or across the street from me, I'll still, I'll still tell you yep. what it's going to take, you know, and yeah, I we'll think if, the, if other the Andrew Mirage 2.0 interview, yeah. <laughs> love it, exactly. man. I think, I, I think your attitude about business, your desire to help people is tremendous, man. I can't thank you enough for your time. Wish you the best coming into this new year. All right. I appreciate it, Joe. Hopefully I'll get to talk to you again, man. I like this. This was fun. This was, yes, sir. And so to everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like, hit subscribe. If you want to be invited to come on the show to talk about your business model and how you operate within the fitness arena, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Awards Podcast, where we talk fitness business with fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Operations Manager for Martial Arts of North Carolina in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Emma Shields, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic excited to dive in here so let's just let's get to it what is martial arts of north carolina all about um so we are a brazilian jiu-jitsu dojo located in fayetteville north carolina we teach brazilian jiu-jitsu to ages four and up um we have been in business since 2018 and we are just trying to give people the skills that they want to train through martial arts and then any other self-defense things that they might want to work on as well Fantastic. Uh, I want to dive into a lot of that in more detail, but give us a little bit of a background on you. How did you get involved in, in the martial arts in general? And how did that play into you becoming um, a, a vital part of the business as it stands now? Yeah, so I actually 
did not start out with goals to work in martial arts. I graduated from college in 2015 with a degree in creative writing. So I thought I was gonna go into human interstitialism, but as I had worked in outdoor recreation actually for a couple of years through college, I realized that that's where I wanted to put my efforts. Um, I got married while I went at, right after I graduated college and my husband enlisted in the US Army, which brought me out to North Carolina. Um, and while he was in basic training, I was actually living in Park City, Utah, and I started training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because he had been, had experience in BJJ and I needed something to keep myself busy while I was working. And so I started training in it and I loved it. Um, so when we finally moved out to Fayetteville, I was looking for a place for years, didn't end up finding something um, at the time just because I didn't look super hard. And I worked in um, other areas of recreation, specifically rock climbing. And then while I was working with the kids program there, um, my husband who we are not actually together anymore, which is fine, but he had found um, next to his gym, martial arts of NC. And he said, Hey, they do BJJ. I bet you would love this. And I was like, yeah, I would. So I started training over there and Jason, who's the owner said, Hey, I see that you work with kids. We need some help with our kids programming. Would you be willing to, to help us out with some kids program? And I said, yeah, that'd be awesome. I love working with kids. And then ultimately the business was at a point where it needed to grow and expand. And so he was looking to hire someone full-time to manage the business. And I just happened to be here right at the right time and hired me on and it's just kind of gone from there. Awesome. Awesome. So the owner, um, Jason is, he's involved in other businesses, but also is a BJJ instructor. So <laughs> is this something that started as a passion project for him that grew out of a, a side business that's expanded? What's the, the history on his side? Yeah, so he was in the military for, I think, about 23, 24 years, and when he got out, he wanted to invest in himself and start some businesses, um, and he had trained with Michael Don Vito, who had trained directly under Carlos Machado, the nephew of Carlos Gracie, um, and he's like, hey, Mikey, do you want to come out and start a gym with me, and he said, sure. So they started martial arts of NC in October of 2018. And, um, Jason also has another business that he owns and operates, um, that works with contracting. And he's just kind of put, like I said, he invested in himself. He wanted to, to work with what he liked and what, what he was really passionate about. So yeah, I'd say it's a passion um, project, but it's also, um, kind of really just where he wanted to put his own value was in his business. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you came online, you started, started teaching and then started, you know, working on programming and how did it progress to you being, you know, in a position of, you know, supervisory, uh, looking over operations, teaching, managing things there? Yeah. So like I said, when I started out in the kids um, classes, I was really just helping with instruction. Um, we had probably between 10 and 15 kids in a class and we just needed, Jason needed another set of hands in there. And then kind of as I started going um, around December, things were picking up to the point that we had almost 20 kids in our class, which is a lot for the amount of mat space that we had. Um, and so 
at that growth point, that's when he hired me full-time to work in these operations. And then from there, things right before COVID just took off. It was huge. We had actually just started our adaptive programming. We had really started catering towards our community events that helped um, gear specifically towards women to work in self-defense. Um, and things were booming. And so I just kind of took everything and started running with it. I worked um, with really hard in our advertising and with um, bringing our level of outreach to a point that we could reach more of an audience to help support this growth. Got it, got it. Okay, so as, as this has kind of progressed, you've got your, your kids program, you've got your adult program, but you've also added in, um, you know, specialty program for um, where you have a, a therapist who's got a background in, in working with um, autism spectrum and it, you've kind of got a developmental program there. How did that come to be? Yeah, so I, like I said, when I left college, I left with an English creative writing degree, but I'd been working in recreation and I knew that I didn't want to just work in recreation. I wanted it to be something that would be beneficial to others. So I had been looking to going to, into grad school for therapeutic recreation. And I was just trying to find anything that could get me close in the workforce while um, my husband at the time and I navigated like military life and all of that. Um, and so when I started working for Jason full time, I said, one of my biggest goals is to build my career in therapeutic recreation. This is really where my passion lies. I want to be working in an area where I can get closer and closer to those goals. And he said, great, that sounds awesome. I would love to be able to support that kind of programming within our dojo, which was just perfect. So we started a program that works. Um, initially, we'd intended it to work specifically with kids who had autism spectrum disorder. And as we started that, we realized that there was more of a need than we anticipated. So parents said, hey, I have a child who has autism spectrum disorder, but I also have another child who is going to therapy and they might need something like this. And we're not going to say no, we're not going to deny anybody the opportunity if they want to be here. And so we expanded our program to really work with any child or adult who has a disability because we can cater and adapt to those needs so easily within this form of martial arts that it just made sense to open up those doors to as many as we could bring in. Awesome. So how did you figure, there are a couple of things logistically here that I want to explore. Um, one, um, how did you figure out staffing for it? Was, I, um, was it somebody that you were already familiar with? Was this something you put a call out? Like, um, you know, it's it, staffing in general is hard um, for all jobs and then for, you know, trainers and then for this level of specialty. So how did you fill that position? Was it someone that was already in your network? Was it, you know, did you did you have to go and do some external outreach? That's a great question. So there's a lot of development there. It started initially with just myself as the instructor. I have background working with people with disabilities. Um, I grew up with a sibling who had autism spectrum disorder, still does. Um, and I had worked in adaptive recreation when I'd actually started training in BJJ. So at the time that I was learning my BJJ journey, I was also learning how to work with specific needs and disabilities and recreation. So it, that kind of lined up really well. So I started, um, we had had a connection with a therapy service that we initially partnered with. And then our 
business has changed and we um, partnered with a different therapeutic service who got us in connection with who we have now, which is Miss Persuaded Saunders Clark. And she was a um, therapist that they had on staff there that they thought would do really well working with this program and overseeing kind of the behavioral and wellness side of things. Um, and so we got connected with her and ultimately our connection with that therapy service ended, but we kept, um, Miss, we call her Miss B, um, on staff with us because she felt like she wanted to stay, that she wanted to keep investing in this program. And we felt like she was just such a good fit with us already that we didn't want to, you know, we didn't need to fix anything that wasn't broken. So we just kind of moved forward with it. But it was, it was a lot of development to get to that point. Got it. Got it. Okay. And then the other part of that point is how did you start spreading the word that this is something that you offer? Because it's, it's not something that I would think that I would look for in a martial arts studio school. Um, so how do you, how did you start, you know, getting the word out that you offered that? For sure. So we started with just our regular avenues of advertising because we were going to start with what we had. So we obviously advertised it on Facebook. We put it in any sort of physical or digital marketing that we already had existing. Um, and then from there, we actually made a connection with someone who works within an organization called the Autism Society of Cumberland County. And her son, she felt like her son could benefit from this program. And we started talking with her. And really, I owe a lot of our success of that program to her ability to advertise it within her organization. We jumped from about three students in that program to almost 30 within two months. Oh, wow. it, her connection there was really what benefited that program the most. And I am so grateful. She's still, her son still participates in her program two and a half years later and she, he's doing great. And she continues to support us. And it's really, that was being involved in the community is what ultimately brought that out. Perfect. Okay. So that, that has grown and flourished and, and is now an integral part of the business. Uh, you've done some other things outside of your four walls and it, it sounds like it's something, um, again, out of the ordinary for any type of martial arts school you're doing, um, training, uh, working with, um, external, you know, organizations, different things like that. How did that come to be as an idea and how is it something that you've nurtured and grown into part of the business? So it just kind of makes sense that we have hours in the day for martial arts. There's not a lot of people who want to come do martial arts on their lunch break. At least we haven't found them. If there are people who want to come do martial arts on their lunch break, come on over. We'll have someone here for you. But we had all these daytime hours that our business could be operating and the people who would be coming in at that time would be kids, but kids are in school. Um, and how could we reach that audience during times when they physically couldn't be at our location? Well, we'll just go to them. That's not hard. So we reached out to a couple private schools. Um, we had initially reached out to some public schools, but um, it was going to be a lot more of a process to integrate any sort of programming with them. So public was just, or private was easier to start with. And we said, hey, we have this programming. Um, this is how it benefits schools. This is how it benefits kids. This is how it can prevent bullying. And this is how it can, you know, help 
help build lifelong habits within your students? Is this something you want your students to have? And can we work with you? Um, and schools said, yes, they, they loved that idea. They loved that we could come in during their after school programming with younger kids. We work with some preschools and with preschools, we were there in the mornings and things just kind of started to fall into place with that availability. They had time that kids needed to be active and we had instructors that could go and teach that. So um, that's where we started. And then it made sense to work more in the community as well. We live right next to a military base. So they need programming as well. They need PT, they need opportunities for their soldiers to train and just have kind of fun, but also be productive. And we can fit that mold. We can fit this into any you know organization that needs it got it and then in this as this gets developed gets brought out to the community uh, there's going to be some degree of trial and error and refinement uh, how much of that whole process of rolling it out outside your doors has been your task um, I would say a lot of it Jason has definitely been involved with making sure that um, we're reaching the right avenues where, you know, our programming is beneficial to both sides. He's definitely helped with making sure that we are building strong relationships. Um, but as far as like initiating programming and carrying it out, that's probably more fallen to my side of things. Um, but it's just kind of comes down to making sure that we set those expectations of what we need for our business and and again, making sure it's beneficial to both sides. That's probably been the biggest learning curve is that we know we have a good product to offer. We know we have a beneficial product, um, but in some areas it's not as beneficial simply because cost of programming for as affordable as we try to make it is not reasonable in all areas. And that's something that we wanna work on and make it more accessible. Um, but it's also kind of, is this an interest for this area? Some areas they're, people just don't want to do martial arts which is fine um but how do we make sure that our programming is beneficial for the other party as well it can't just benefit us as a business otherwise it doesn't move forward nearly as smoothly or grow as quickly yeah a couple of things logistically what what are the biggest hurdles been for you in getting this external outreach and programs off the ground? Is it, you know, initial contact gatekeepers trying to get through getting to decision makers? Is Are there, I, I know you went like private for the schooling, um, you know, bureaucracies, things like that. What have been the biggest hurdles and, and biggest things that once you kind of conquer them, you'd be like, all right, now this is repeatable, or I have a process, or I, I know how I can duplicate it. Um, the biggest hurdles has probably been marketing within that specific um, population. So like when we go to a school with private schools, some private schools don't let us advertise within their schoolhouses unless it's um, through their newsletter, which doesn't give us as much opportunity to showcase what we can do. Um, it's been once we get to someone like they want us to do all of the marketing, but we don't have access to their population there. We don't have access to their community. And so for us to be able to market within there, we can do everything on our end, like put up Facebook posts and put it on our bulletins. But it, if it's not going to reach the right people, that's been the biggest thing that we've kind of had to refine and still kind of work around with these 
areas that we're trying to reach, whether it be a school, whether it be a rec center, whether it be just kind of a church or a community organization, is that we need their help to reach their people because we're not already in there. That's why we're coming to them. And it's for, I don't know where the gap is there, but sometimes it's just not sent out. And so we can start something great with a good organization, but if it doesn't reach their members, that's the first hurdle is that we can't get anyone in to do the programming. So it's really taken a lot of effort to make sure that our information and our product has been advertised appropriately within those communities that we're trying to, to get in with. Makes sense where, you know, an organization may say, sure, we'd love to have you. This sounds great. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll work it in, but for them, you know, whatever perceived benefit there is, isn't high enough that, that their expectations or actions go beyond just like, yeah, we're open to it, but you got to figure it out. Navigate yeah. through this, you know, any series of barriers play within our rules and invest of luck. It's it yeah. is not, they don't understand what exposure um, kids, parents, staff may need to start the ball rolling and get some momentum. Exactly. And just kind of for example, like we've gone to a school in the past and they've sent out a general interest and the interest came back with the vast majority of their students were more interested in our programming than other areas that they offered, which put us at about 90 plus students who are potentially interested. The clientele that we got out of that was 12. Oh, wow. Um, which was really difficult because we, we generated interest there, but the product wasn't pushed. It wasn't advertised and it wasn't presented in a timely manner as well for their students to be able to take advantage of it. And by the time it came around and the opportunity was open, we pretty much keep open enrollment through all of our programs. Um, it had just lost momentum. Yeah, totally understandable there. One of the things that, um, I've actually spoken to two different, um, gentlemen who run schools have done um, similar variations of um, is they both put together basically what they refer to as like a, a demo team mm -hmm. where they would go, you know, anywhere from preschools to, it, it was mostly like up to elementary school age kids where they'd go in their daycare centers or after school programs or school assemblies and, and do, you know, showcase some moves and some things that, you know, might spark the kid's interest. And then, you know, have little handouts or flyers or things that could bring back to their parents. And, and that seemed to almost have a 50, 50 effect of getting the schools interested, but also generating some interest from parents to just kind of go around the schools or, or different, you know, daycare centers, providers, and just come on as, you know, as clients externally. Um, is that something that you've participated in to any degree, doing like live demonstrations, you know, things like that to kind of get the, the kids interested? Yeah, absolutely. So that was where we started with our offsite programs um, back at the end of 2019 is we were in schools, we were giving demonstrations and then the world of COVID came and it just changed everything. So for us to be able to get a school to bring in enough students into one area for us to give a demonstration was just became impossible very quickly. And hopefully now as the world is opening back up, 
as we are managing this and working through the difficulties of COVID, um, that becomes more of an available option. But I have noticed that through COVID, a lot of organizations prefer to stay closer to their protocols that they built during the pandemic. Um, where things are sent, you know, it's a, just a digital reminder of, hey, this is available instead of come to this event and see it, or we can't have outside, you know, third parties in at these events because we're trying to keep just the community here for safety reasons, which I completely understand. Um, so now the difficulty is just navigating that. How do we, if we can show them what we offer, great, but how do we do that in a world where, you know, germs have become so much more of an issue with just being present with people? Absolutely. So the other side of that coin, um, besides the execution in, in the, you know, the, the marketing and, and getting it, you know, off the ground is the planning and logistics um, as far as, you know, changes to insurance for external execution, um, figuring out pricing, what makes it reasonable and and, um, you know, valuable to the business as something that, you know, there's, there's time, there's energy, there's, you know, all these things that have to go into planning it. So how do you figure out like, Hey, our, our bread and butter, or our initial strong suit is the in-person, you know, on-site training. How many different variations did you have to go through to figure out what made sense for it to be practical to have these offsite programs? Yeah, that has been a huge challenge and a big learning curve. Again, um, we initially wanted to start with the option of keeping our pricing similar to what we do in-house, which has worked in some areas. Um, so in-house for kids, as an example, they're typically paying around 120 a month, and that's for five classes a week for you know our older age group um and then obviously we have discounts that are available with you know military first responders all of that so but on average it's about 120 just to start um with our programs so for that the biggest thing was that we couldn't offer the same scheduling with a school that we could at our dojo because we have to work around their schedule too. Like they're not our business. We can't just be in there anytime that we would want to hold classes. Um, so we had to manage the price point around what we could reasonably offer. Um, so we again offered options to bring people into our facility so that they could make up for that time and then make the price more even. But a lot of people, once they, especially for school programming like once their kids are done with school they go to after school programming and then to try to get them to another place after school when they have the opportunity just to do it all in one without making another trip and um, that wasn't feasible so that kind of adjusted how we view our pricing and then when we started working with community centers that was a whole nother demographic that they were trying to serve communities at a price point that served literally anyone that could walk through the door, which we completely understand. And that's exactly what we want. Um, but it did mean that we had to lower our cost and, and cut the loss there. So what it brought it to was we needed a certain amount of membership. And if we couldn't maintain that membership, then we couldn't maintain that price point. Um, so it really has become um, more of a plan that we have to make once we are talking with that either business, community center, school, organization, what have you, of what their goals are and what we can realistically meet so that our business isn't constantly at a loss. It's like we are a small business. We have to be able to work 
work with something. Um, and so it either is going to come down to us being able to charge what we charge at our dojo or maintaining a higher attendance there so that we can continue to profit as well. Yeah. And then the, the last thing on this topic, and I think this, this speaks to offsite and onsite and how, you know, seasonal opportunities come about. We're here, um, you know, it's, it's April, um, quickly approaching end of the school year. Do you use, um, you know, kids school breaks, summer breaks to, to run programs, you know, camps, things like that, either onsite or offsite to, to one, you know, drive revenue when kids hours are a little bit different, but also drive interest for, you know, the, when things return to their normal, you know, nine, 10 months out of the year schedule. Is that something that you, you leverage as the summer approaches? Absolutely. So we've had summer camps for a while um, and we're doing them again this year. Again, obviously the pandemic affected some of that and um, restructured how we, we operate it, but we hold summer camps. We hold, um, we have worked with other organizations. There was a a learning center who wanted us to come in last summer to work with their kids for a week to offer that as part of their summer curriculum. Um, and we're looking for more opportunities to do that again this year. Um, but yeah, basically the summertime is where we're really pushing our daytime hours and availability because again, the kids aren't in school and those are the hours when parents need them to be occupied so that they can continue with their jobs. Um, so that's our biggest thing in the summer is to make that available to parents. All right, so we, we have all of those things lined up. And then we get, um, and we talked about this a little bit off the air, um, and I guess this is more kind of organizational philosophy and, and what, what you um, have for a brand identity of the school. And I'm always interested in hearing both sides. We get generally two types of martial arts businesses. We have those who are heavy on instruction and progression and really more of a school um, than a fitness center or a gym. And then we have, um, you know, the other side where, you know, they'll, they'll have martial arts as their methodology, but move into more of the fitness or weight loss or, or cardio, you know, whatever you want to, you know, call that side of things. And I think they both overlap a little bit, but it sounds like you all have made more of a conscious decision to stay more on the instructional progression side. Um, is that something that's ever come up in discussion, you know, whether, you know, from a business aspect, from revenue, profitability, philosophically, is that something that's ever come into discussions or has this just always been the identity that you wanted and we're going to run with, you know, from day one to infinity? Yeah, I think our primary goal is to provide the best instruction that we can. And so our focus is put there first. Um, the great thing about BJJ is that a lot of those fitness aspects come with it. And while we definitely keep that somewhere in our advertising of the physical benefits that comes from BJJ, um, our opportunities to really develop the skill and technique of our students is the first priority we wanna have because we know that those other aspects come with it. Um, we're looking more at like the discipline side of thing, the structure, the, the 
things that you can really only get from martial arts. That's the points that we want to drive home, especially in how we present our business over just the physical activity, because that's something that's available much more widely within martial arts, within fitness, um, all of that great stuff. But we can offer something kind of more niche in our business. And that's kind of the side that we try to stick to. All right. So with that being said, do you have um, any noticeable amount of clientele who do multidiscipline training for their health and wellness? They, you know, come and train martial arts some days, maybe they do yoga, maybe weightlifting, anything like that. Do you find that there are a lot of people who use martial arts as one aspect of their kind of holistic picture? Yeah, I think we definitely have a pretty evenly balanced clientele who utilize it in that manner. Um, myself as an employee, Jason as an, the owner, we do not use martial arts as our primary form of fitness. We work out, we have gym memberships, we focus on very specific aspects of you know our personal fitness goals. Um, and even, I know this isn't exactly the question that you asked, but I think it's still pertinent. Um, that's how we also advertise our martial arts skills when it comes to self-defense. Because we have a lot of people who come in and say, oh, well, I can just use BJJ for self-defense. But we are very firm believers. Our self-defense program that we offer is not BJJ. It is its own curriculum because we don't feel like there is one form of martial arts that will save you in every situation. Um, and it's the same with the fitness aspect. There is not one thing that is going to cater to every situation that you or goal that you have in fitness. Um, if people want to use BJJ, if this is what they prefer to be physically active, I think that's fine. I think it includes enough of, you know, cardio, strength training, endurance, all of those really good basics that it can help keep someone in good health. Um, and I know that some people don't like to go and sit on gym equipment to work out. Some people want to be doing an activity. I'm one of those people. I would much prefer to be active in an activity like BJJ, rock climbing, snowboarding, all of those things to keep me active than sit on gym equipment. Now, I know I still need it, so I do it anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that I see that a lot in our clientele as well, that there are mostly our biggest in our adult area the biggest demographic is men and they come in and they have also been to the gym. They've also done some weightlifting and some of them are also looking at other forms of martial arts because they want to be more well-rounded in that too. So um, yeah, I think we get both sides, but I see it in our clientele with that broader range of activity. Yeah. I think the last part that you hit on too was the, in answer to a question, I was going to say that, that really becomes more, I think, of a topic with adults than with kids, where most kids, you yeah. know, busy parents, busy lives. One activity is usually, you know, tough enough to schedule around and, um, you know, enough to keep a kid's attention for, you know, long enough. And martial arts have their progressions so that they can, you know, keep them engaged for long periods of time where I don't think it's, it's as much of a necessity. But I think a lot of us, as we get older, we look for more outlets, we look for variety, different things like that. The shiny object syndrome sometimes hits us. So that can be more of a thing, but where um, I know you said that the, your adult program is almost equal to membership of the kids program, very different in the, in the execution and in the mind state of how they get approached. Absolutely. Okay. So 
we've covered most of what you're doing now and even some of the things that the you know you're trying to achieve and expand with the school is there anything else we haven't covered are there are there long-term goals to have multiple schools is it more in you know would you um goals to expand the the brick and mortar location you have and the external is it all of the above and and in all that, where do you feel like you fit in or want to be with the organization? So uh, we we are definitely always looking to expand. Like that's the goal of business is to be able to make your business as successful as possible. Um, we are looking at adding more square footage to what we have at our current location. There's a few, there's a space behind our building actually that's empty that we're looking at matting out so that we can um, just have a few more square footage to have classes going on at the same time. Um, ideally, we would love to move to a secondary location to be able to reach um, the other side of town, basically, like we have, it's a large area, there's large surrounding areas, and then there's some rural areas that try to come in, and we don't want it to be a huge sacrifice for people to be at our business if they want to be at our business. Um, so we're, we're hoping for both of those things to happen um, soon. We want to look at, you know, increasing our community programs and our offsite programs. Um, just as much as we want to, you know, put our business in other areas, we also just want to serve our community. Um, I think I mentioned a little bit of, about our self-defense program, but every second Saturday of the month, we have a free class specifically geared to women to teach self-defense. Um, those are things that we would love to integrate into our community more. We would love to become more available as a business to just support our community because that's something that's very important we're not just operating because we've been self-sufficient um same with our adaptive programming all of our other programming has been so heavily supported by community coming together to put word of mouth out about things that we're doing or to recommend our business to their friends that we feel an obligation for sure to put back into that and that's something that we want to expand in our business as well is to be able to make it easier for us to give away services like that or to just at least them make available at a you know no profit cost to us um and then as we move forward we we want to be able to partner with other businesses in our community to be able to you know support each other we we love being able to partner with local businesses that can help with our events can help with our programming so this is something that um, we support each other in so that's definitely where we want our expansion for growth to go not just in-house but to the surrounding you know people that we can reach as well big goals lots of increased community impact on the horizon for you all for sure hopefully yeah that's what we want all right so Again, back to philosophical a little bit more for you and your journey in this, having said, you know, you never thought that you're going to have a plan to be involved in martial arts as a career. And, and here we are, you know, still early on to what's probably going to be a long path here. If there's anything you could go back, tap yourself on the shoulder, tell yourself a little bit sooner, something that you wish you knew earlier, is there anything that stands out for you? Yeah, I think the biggest aspect of my job that I've had to learn um, that Jason has been 
literally so gracious and allowing me the time and the mistakes to learn from has really been marketing. That is not something that I was ever really familiar with in any other positions that I've held. Um, and to push and advertise a business has been something that has been so new to me. Um, and I still feel like I'm learning. I don't know that I have the perfect grasp on it. I really wish I could go back and show myself how to, we do have someone who works on our marketing and I just had no clue how to like even tell her, Hey, I need this, this, and this. And if I could go back now and be like, Hey, these are the aspects you need to focus on. You need to look at how you can engage your community. You need to look at how you can bring them in with a deal that actually serves them instead of just, you know, presenting it in a way that yeah, it's good, but mostly we know that's just for the business. Like there's ways that we can market our business that shows the benefit that people get. Like I said, we know we have a good product. We want other people to know it too. So if I could go back, I would just probably take a marketing course in college. <laughs> well, if it's any consolation to you, um, I one of my one of my best friends is a marketing professor. Uh, I know a few people with marketing agencies and in talking, you know, even the agencies, even the people that you get a million ads from, for the most part, they don't have it all figured out. It's still constant evolution, constant, you know, there's change. There is, you know, different social media platforms. There's different ad platforms. So really the best lesson to learn is the only way to, to be good at it is to just always, always stay on top of it, know where people's eyeballs are and, um, you know, come up with a unified message, right? If you know who you are and you get that out to the community, uh, where, where the eyeballs are, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, Google, TikTok, you know, Snapchat, who the heck knows, you know, wherever these days. But, um, you know, it, I, I don't think that, I don't think you'd be that much further ahead. I think the on the job training and the try, you know, the actual seeing what works for your facility works better than, than anything that I've seen. You, know, you can look at courses, you can look at YouTube, but um, you just really, you always have to stay right there because it, it, it moves so fast. So it hopefully really that, that at least gives you a little bit of a frame of reference. So you got to just keep, you know, who are we? Who do we want? You know, what do we want people to see about us and put it out there as many places as you can and, and see where you get the good responses. But we are just about out of time here. Last thing I have to get from you before we let you go, if people want to find you, martial arts of NC, website, social media, any of those places where you might be in the digital universe. Yes. Yeah, so our website is martialartsofnc.com. Um, we also have a Facebook page, martial arts of NC and an Instagram with the same name, martial arts of NC, just all across the board, but please come find us there if you have questions about our programming. Um, if you have questions about adaptive programming or anything like that, please just send, reach out and we would love to chat and uh, see what we can do. All right, Emma, I appreciate you being on. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you continued success. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. Um, again, that, that adaptive programming piece, super unique in the market. Um, Emma gave an invitation. If you want to hear more, you want to help your community more, reach out, check them out, go down, see it in person, get under the hood there. Any ways that you can impact your community, 
Uh, hopefully that's a little bit of the value we provide here. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Wards podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with DK from Soza Fitness and Wellness in the Parma, Cleveland, Ohio area. What's up, DK? How are you today? I am good, Bree. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right, so let's waste no time here getting into the details. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own facility? So this is a little bit, I guess, um, non-traditional. So I am actually a degree chemist. And so um, along with that track, so my background is actually, I was a chemist in the coatings and chemical industry. Well, and working with that, I was also into wellness. So I have about 20 years in the allied health and uh, wellness field. So um, I use kind of a combination of science and wellness together to kind of offer these holistic modalities and and as, as, as I guess, for lack of a better word. So um, in addition to that, I'm also, um, you know, I kind of got into working out and, you know, um, because I was a chemist, people would come to me like, well, what do you have for eczema or what do you know about this? So I would just start like, you know, whipping up stuff in like my home lab. Right. (laughs) So that, so in addition to, and I'm also certified by ACE, which, you know, American Council on Exercise. So those, those kind of, I blend those together. Um, mm-hmm. In addition, like I said, with me also being in the um, in the allied health field, so that's kind of how the whole wellness thing started. And so um, my job actually, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So my job okay. relocated me to the Cleveland area, and I actually started at the gym that I own now as a member. And so it just kind of went oh. from there. So the, yeah. the before that were, you know, kind of, they were getting older and kind of wanted to out of the business and getting towards retirement. So that's how, that's the, you know, everything, long story short, that's kind of how that worked out. So I was there, um, the opportunity presented itself. And so I went for it. (laughs) Awesome. That's good. That's good that you were, um, a member first, you know, because it's like, you get to see things from that perspective first and then to be able to, to move into ownership from there is cool. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. So now what is your 
current business model look like? How are you structuring things? Are we doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? What does that all look like? Um, I can say all of that. <laughs> okay. okay. So the business model, first of all, our ideal member or client is your everyday person. So mm -hmm. not saying that, you know, people that compete and things like that can't work out there. But if you, if you think about it, you know, we are that the majority of the population is your everyday person that just kind of wants to be healthy. They want to get in their 30 minute workout. They want to eat clean. They want some advice, you know, on kind of, you know, how do I do this or how do I do that? How's my form? So that is the bulk of our business. So it's our, our everyday, you know, normal person that just wants to be healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so we offer group fitness classes. That is actually the bulk of our business. Um, we are really known for having really good fit, uh, fitness classes on um, kind of like the west side of Cleveland. <laughs> um, and we are at, we've actually been voted several times as like best gym, you know, in some of the some of the um, kind of contests that go on in the area for group fitness mm -hmm. classes. Um, we also have personal training. That's like the second piece of our business. And the, the, and the model for our personal training is we wanted to have different segments. So um, we have kind of like an older crowd. So in the mornings, we normally have like our retired, older active adults. And then in the, like the afternoon and evening is more of kind of like your kind of working class, you know, kind mm -hmm. of demographic there. Um, right. So one of our trainers, actually, that is his specialty are the older adults. So we have, so he has a, a client that's 90 years old and he's still doing pushups, right? Wow. Um, and then we also have um, uh, the other trainers. They do train the older active adults, but our one of our trainers, that's like his specialty, which is, you know, the older, the older kind of crowd. And then um, the rest of our trainers, we actually have a trainer that um, his expertise is like an MMA, kickboxing, UFC, UFC style training. Um, our head trainer actually is, uh, his specialty is cutting fat, building uh, muscle and functional mm -hmm. training. And then we have another uh, trainer that's actually an EMT. So he just kind of general, you know, generally uh, trains the kind of, you know, just eating healthy, cutting fat, getting stronger. Right. And then we have another trainer that um, he is general training as well, but he's known as he, his specialty is cardio right? Okay. <laughs> so we kind of like, we, we, I, I wanted to model the trainers where it was all the demographics. And right. then um, one of our trainers also specializes in um, disabilities. So whether that's okay. cerebral palsy, whether that is autism, we have members there. Um, I've actually worked with the organization um, where their uh, residential, their day residential um, clients are actually autistic. So they come in, they help me clean. It was, it's kind of like building life skills. So yeah. I, like I said, I wanted, I wanted to model it where we can actually hit every demographic. It's not just the gym you go in, oh, I'm just going to go in and lift weights or do a group, group fitness class. You walk in, right. you see all fitness levels, you see all shapes, color sizes. It doesn't matter. You know, everyone right. is welcome. There. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Being able to offer, you know, specific services with specific trainers is cool exactly. because not everybody is always going in looking for the same thing, you know, exactly. so that's exactly. awesome. I love that. And now how many members or clients are you currently serving within the facility? So right now, so we have a 3,500 square foot facility. 
1750 is for personal training 1750 is for group fitness so we okay. have around so pr prospects we have about 2100 but at mm -hmm. any one time as far as actually being active it'll range from like 100 to 200 now of course covid <laughs> has taken a huge you know as you know covid has mm -hmm. has really affected the numbers and the members and whether that means that now they're working from home so they're working out from home whether that means they're doing virtual because we did do virtual during shutdown we don't do it so much at now anymore because the members are coming back and we want them back we want because as you know gym is therapy and they need that social interaction as well yes. right so mm -hmm. um so but i will say some of our trainers are actually still doing virtual especially our trainer that specializes in the older population because mm -hmm. they found out he started going to their homes and they're like Oh, well, we liked it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, so, a lot of people did. <laughs> exactly. So, of course, mm -hmm. I do believe the landscape um, and the way wellness and fitness look going forward is going to be totally different than the past. Mm -hmm. A lot yeah. more um, AI, like artificial intelligence is going to be involved. A lot more virtual things are going to be involved. A lot of virtual communities are going to be involved. For example, on your um, some of the fitness tractors like Apple or, you know, that you actually have this virtual community that you can work out with, whether it's a Peloton bike, whatever it is. So the landscape is totally changing. It's not I, I do not believe it's ever going to go back to the way that it it has been in the past. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, there are so many different options out there now. And like you said, you know, a lot of people that were training virtually kind of decided that they like to do that, you know, and they've, they've exactly. kind of stuck with it. So exactly. Yeah. But and they're then, working you know, from home. You know, a lot of exactly. people are working from mm -hmm. home and if they can get their workout, you know, either either virtually or having a mobile trainer come to their home then you know that that way they don't even have to leave the house and they're and as you know with COVID, a lot of us gain weight including myself <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. so this is a way for for us to stay healthy and if COVID taught us nothing else as far as comorbidities and other underlying conditions we mm -hmm. know that being healthy working out the exercising is the number one preventative measure that you can take against these illnesses whether it's hypertension right. diabetes you know um cardiovascular issues whatever the case may be so mm -hmm. that is kind of like you know the personal training and the group fitness um is part of the business model and then we also have corporate accounts as well so we would actually go to businesses and do um workout classes on site but of course again with COVID that because the businesses were shut down that was all shut down as well so now right. we're trying to get back out and get you know get some more corporate accounts and things like that so okay. it's, it's coming it's it you know it's coming but you know slowly so i'm fingers crossed <laughs> absolutely yeah so now on the marketing and advertising front what does that look like how are you getting the word out there about the services that you are offering so, you know, I will say that our members are amazing. A lot of it, believe it or not, is word of mouth. Like they will, mm -hmm. like I'll get inboxes all the time. Oh, I'm bringing my friend to, you know, kickboxing class today or, you know, because our first class is free. So the thing is, what is there to lose? You might as well come and try it. You know, you're not mm -hmm. losing anything. So right. um, a lot of it is our members will bring other members. And then we also, uh, our social media, believe it or not, they like I get a lot of I'm like, how did you find us? They're like, oh, on Instagram. 
you know? So I would say between yeah. the, between social media and the, just the word of mouth, those are kind of like our two driving factors as far as mm -hmm. um, funneling. And then we also have like on our website, we have some, you know, some funnels and things like that to capture leads and that kind of thing. But right. uh, the, the largest ones is actually their, their social media and just word of mouth and people bringing, you know, friends or, you know, whatever they want to try out the facility. Absolutely. That's awesome. And now have you ever done um, like paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, and what was your experience like with it? So I have run Facebook ads before and I can mm -hmm. tell you what I do. So normally I run an ad when we have a special, like a membership okay. special. And mm -hmm. I can tell you the last time I did do um, a kind of like a big special, like Black Friday or something, because first of all, our members always wait for Black Friday. But as yes. you know, <laughs> with the increase of cost and things like that, the, the, the discounts are not are not nearly ever going to be what they were before. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, so the last time that I did do like a big Facebook ad, it would, the, the response was really good. Like I would mm -hmm. like, we, like it really got it out there. So I haven't mm -hmm. ran any, um, you know, kind of, um, lately I will say, but I yeah. can say that the ads do work. And I, and that yeah. was a Facebook ad. This was before, you know, the whole kind of Instagram, Facebook integration, you know, like now everything is integrated. So, um, so this was even before then, and it actually had really good response. So that's something yes. I'm going to be looking to do, you know, in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was um, the number one driver for leads for myself, you know, in the facility was Facebook. And wow, that was okay. basically all that we were using, you know, wow. um, and it was, it was huge. And obviously there's referrals, there's word of mouth. There are those things that naturally happen, but just as far mm -hmm. as being able to feed the business whenever yeah. you want to, you know, yeah. and increase that lead flow is just awesome. And, um, if you can really target it and figure it out and, you know, yeah. really get used to the algorithm and what ads work and what copy converts mm -hmm. well and whatnot, mm -hmm. then it can be huge. Huge yeah, well, that is definitely something that I need to do. So we'll be talking about gym lunch, like yeah, <laughs> after this. But I can tell you, so I got so the specifics as far as targeting. We are so we have about an eighty twenty split, eighty percent women, twenty percent men. Um, mm -hmm. Our age ranges are so about twenty five to fifty four is like our biggest our largest demographic. Um, yep. And so, and I will also say the majority of our members are within the Parma area, Parma, Cleveland. So the target, okay. our target audience, I pretty much have it pinpointed, yes, you know, that's the good. other mm -hmm. good thing um, about the facility is that I'm located right off of a freeway going east and west. So oh, okay. because I'm located right off of a freeway, like for example, I can get someone that actually lives just say 20, 30 minutes away, but because they pass those on their way home from work. They will stop yeah. their workout and then go home. So right. it's kind of, so being right off of the freeway is definitely an advantage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great spot to be just mm -hmm. because of that. You know, when people, a lot of times people like to do that because if they go home, then they're not going back out. Right. It's like, you got to hit, exactly. hit the gym on the way home. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> perfect. All right. And now what are your main focus is where are you directing most of your attention and energy within the business for 2022? Okay. So for 2022, number one is I need to grow my membership back post COVID. Mm -hmm. 
So that is where the ads are going to come in. That is where um, the social media is going to come in, the word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Definitely the funnels, the lead funnels have been good. Um, but I definitely need to do uh, more ads, more, more paid ads. Um, so that's number one, growing the membership. Number two is um, I am planning on, and, and this is in the works right now, but um, like I said, with COVID, if it has taught us nothing else, we know that we need to work out. We know that we need to eat clean. And I, and another thing that COVID did is it made a lot of people realize that you need to go back to nature. So what that means is that herbal healing, holistic healing, holistic modalities, whether that is Reiki or massage or IV hydration or, you know, like more of the plant medicines, right? Mm -hmm. So um, because of my background as being a chemist, I actually do a lot of like plant-based infusions. For example, if you want to focus, you use rosemary and sage. Um, if you have, you know, um, if you need like stimulation, you want to use citrus oils or citrus teas and things like that. So part mm -hmm. of my business model for growth is an apothecary. So an apothecary is okay. actually herbal healing. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's in the works that's being planned. Um, and if you like, you know how a lot of gyms will have like raw juice bars or smoothie bars. Well, mine is going to be an apothecary bar. <laughs> very cool. That's awesome. That's not something that you see very no, often. It's not so. common. It is not common at all. And, no. um, you know, uh, I am still kind of looking at what tea blends and kind of what, um, what uh, oils, you know, as far as like, if you need to focus, maybe you use this tea blend, you use this oil extraction from this herb. Um, so uh -huh. for example, for me, um, I have just in my oil diffuser, if I need to be uplifted or I need to feel like sunny, I will use uh -huh. like lemon and orange and maybe, um, you know, the citrus or, or the, the smells, the aromatherapy actually ups, uplifts you. Same thing with uh -huh. peppermint. If you need to calm down, there's lavender. Um, I also mm -hmm. make things like, for example, in the gym, when you work out, I have a sore muscle oil that I've been, you know, I've, I've formulated it like years ago. So I've been selling it. Um, my actual, my apothec, my hippie, I have another business. It's called hippie chemist. And that oh, is, cool. um, I'm on social media and all that stuff, but that, that particular part of my business has been, it's about five or six years now. So that's where a lot of my, I give a lot of, um, advice on what to do for different things like if you're congested you put eucalyptus just buy a bunch of eucalyptus and put it in your shower and the mm -hmm. steam will take those phenols and those aromatics out of that plant to open up your respiratory system so just yep. things like that so i'm kind of working on that aspect of it um there is and they're they're not out there there are no gems with like no. an apothecary you know no. so i mean yeah you have gems that have like they might sell like cbd oil and things like that mm -hmm. and um, which I will as well. I actually um, work for a medicinal cannabis doctor. <laughs> oh, cool. Those yep. things are really gaining popularity now, you know, they so it's a are. good time to, to start something like that. Yes, yes. And I don't know if I can mention that on the podcast or not. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you can. can Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, but I can. also I also have my um my medicinal marijuana um comprehensive. So there here in the Cleveland okay. area, there's Cleveland School of Cannabis. 
And I've always been, and, and we have a whole endocannabinoid system, right? And in this system in our, and it's not only in humans, it's in animals, it's everywhere. But these receptors on this, on our system, um, we accept these cannabinoids. So it can be THC, it can be CBD, it can be CBN, it can be CBG. There's like all of these tons of cannabinoids out there that will actually help you. And our endocannabinoid system, it helps with, it helps to keep your body in homeostasis. So that's things like your metabolism and your thyroid and your hunger response and your reproductive things. So these are all things that need to get out there, you know, to educate people to do this, right. to, to learn about your, you know, your endocannabinoid system. So this is, this is kind of like, you know, my, my, and the plan for my part of my apothecary, but, um, but I just think that that is, that has been huge. Like I said, especially, um, you know, COVID really brought that out, like, you need to, you know, you need to make sure that you're eating clean. You need to make sure that you're getting your correct, um, you know, your vitamins and nutrients, which you can get through things like sea moss um, and mm -hmm. burdock root and, you know, things like that. So, um, so yeah, that's going to be, you know, the apothecary is it's coming. I'm still, I still have everything, you know, in the planning stages, but it is coming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I just spoke to somebody a couple of weeks ago who, owned a gym and then also a cannabis business. Yeah, and you yeah. know, he was, he was running both simultaneously and kind Absolutely. of combining the two, you know? Yeah. So, and he was doing really well in the cannabis business. <laughs> oh, let me tell you the cannabis business. So that I work for um, a medicinal marijuana doctor. So she, at, so in the state of Ohio, um, we don't have rec use. So you actually mm -hmm. have to get your medicinal marijuana card. So she actually does MMJ cards. But in addition to that, she also has a coaching business as well. So for this, again, going back to this whole life kind of concept, because I think sometimes people think, oh, it's just THC, but it's yeah. not. There's other cannabinoids right. that your body needs that could help you. Like, especially if you have an inflammatory kind of autoimmune diseases, you want to use CBD. CBD is the natural form of ibuprofen you know? Mm -hmm. And so you kind of think about it, you know, think about it like that. In addition to other modalities, whether that's working out, whether that is massage, whether that is, you know, um, salt baths, you know what I mean? So whatever, mm -hmm. whatever that, that looks like, you know, it's a holistic approach. It's not just about the pills anymore, you know, right. clearly mm -hmm. that, 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 that health, that health model or that wellness model is not working, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, Absolutely. the cannabis business is definitely where it's at. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. It's come up often on the podcast lately. Oh, so, yeah. you know, it's a lot it's of people are going kinda... hand in hand, like right. cannabinoid mm -hmm. medicine and fitness. And it's awesome for recovery. You know, right. it's awesome mm -hmm. for recovery. It's awesome for, for inflammation. It's awesome for relaxation. It's awesome. So, for example, if you have Tourette's or if you have seizures or if you have rheumatoid arthritis or cancer, I mean, there's, there's certain, you know, illnesses that, you know, marijuana is going to be awesome for to help mm -hmm. with as well, you know? So, right. but yeah, definitely, um, cannabis is, that is, um, I call it the healing of the future and that along mm -hmm. with other herbs and vitamins and minerals, because a lot of times we're mineral and vitamin deficient you know, yeah. we don't even know it, you know, so right. what are those underlying deficiencies? Is it vitamin D? Is it vitamin K? You know, is it your fat solubles, your water solubles? You know, what mm -hmm. are you lacking as far as, um, you know, just making your body healthy that that's all right. 
So I do believe that that is kind of the wave of the future, you know, just going back to nature, moving your body, eating, eating from the earth, you know, herbs and minerals and things like that, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Back to the basics. hundred percent. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay. So now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, doing their own thing, opening their own gym, what would that be? Oh, if I, so many. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, I think number one is uh, for sure do a feasibility study. So you can hire a company to do a feasibility study um, for you. And those would include things like, where are you looking to open? What is the demographic? How many gyms are in the area? What is your competition? It doesn't mean you can't go there, but what are you going to offer that that area is not currently offering? You know, what is the average uh, membership price? What, is the, what are the people willing to pay for in that area? Yeah. What mm -hmm. can you, you know, where are the openings? Like if this gym is offering this and they're already offering it, what can you offer that's different than, so definitely a feasibility study. And it, for me, it was a little bit different because I inherited this business. It was already up and running. I didn't like start it from scratch. So it's a, so it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? The logistics mm -hmm. and everything. Um, so, and, and when I got the gym, there were really no more gyms in my area. Of course, others came later, but I've right. been there for 12, I've, my gym's been there for 12 years, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so definitely a feasibility study, um, and your projections like every year and how you're going to get there. So the first yeah. year you may only break even, you know, the second year, okay, this is what's projected, but what is the business plan to get to that projection? Mm -hmm. And also Last but not least, uh, get a mentor, someone who has yeah. been in the business, whether that mm -hmm. is a person, whether that is a company, someone who's been there, done that, um, they can kind of give you the blueprint of how mm -hmm. to get to your next levels. So definitely right. a feasibility study, a business plan, and a mentor. Those are the three things I would recommend for, for anybody, because a lot of times you don't, it's hard to navigate, especially because you're figuring it out as you go. And as an entrepreneur, right. a lot, we do that, you know, it's like, you know what, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> having a mentor or, or, or a, a, a consulting company is just going to make it that much easier. And yes, right. it's money up front, you know, on the front end, but on the back end, it's just going to make it so much easier for you. Mm-hmm. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to have that perspective, you know, and, and step back and say like, maybe because you, like you said, it's like, we're always like, well, we'll just figure it out. You know, exactly. but a lot of times that costs money and exactly. time and, you Absolutely. know, and time is the most valuable resource that we have. And it's the only thing Absolutely. that we can't get back, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, so many Absolutely. people spend so much time trying yeah. to figure it out where it's like, yeah. you could have been five steps ahead by now. Exactly. Exactly. And that is the part that I think as entrepreneurs, we don't always see. We're just like, Nope, I'll do it myself. Cause I got to save money, but it's like, yes. you will save money. Yes. It is. It is a cost up front, but on the back end, look at where you're going to be and you can exactly. be at this amount of money projected as opposed to still being right here because you're trying to figure it out, you know? Right. 
So like I said, those are the pieces of advice I would offer. So feasibility, consulting, and then a mentor for sure. Yes. And so, and mm -hmm. have that blueprint, you know, laid out for you because it's, it's just going to make it that much easier. And, you know, right. I think that's probably why people franchise because the, the blueprint is already yes. there. You know, you just Absolutely. follow the franchise instructions. So, but as a, as an independent, you know, um, small business owners, you know, a lot of us, like I said, we're just figuring it out. And, uh, right. and it can be so much easier, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It is, you know, when you have somebody who is working on what's coming next already, yes. you know, yep. it's like, you can just focus on your day to day and make sure that you're doing the best that you can where you are right now and not exactly. have to stress about what's coming. And, you know, exactly. and that's one of the most challenging things about being a business owner in general is like, yeah looking into the future and planning for x y or z to happen exactly, you know? exactly. Um, and and that can be super challenging and stressful so if you have somebody Absolutely. who's already focused on what's exactly coming, yeah just really simplify yeah. things for sure yeah if definitely um like i said if i had to do it again and i was kind of like like i said starting from scratch and not trying to figure it out and a, and a business growth strategist but what would be yeah. as that would be part of your you know, you're mm -hmm. consulting, so to speak. Oh, and a right. good accountant and attorney. Oh, yes. <laughs> a good accountant and attorney. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, Absolutely. so those would definitely be the pieces that I would say um, that any business owner, you know, would need for sure. Definitely. Love that. Perfect. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Oh, so we can, so I'm at, I'm on uh, Facebook, Soza Fitness and Wellness. I'm on Instagram at Soza Fitness. I'm on TikTok at Soza Fitness. And um, I was on Twitter, but I'm not really that active. So I need to do another <laughs> Twitter account. But for sure, the most activity is Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Perfect. All right. So DK from Soza Fitness and Wellness in the Parma, Cleveland, Ohio area. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.